All right, welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast. I'm your show host, Maxim Seguin, and I'm the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, a company that is on a mission to help 10,000 people get lean, thrive, and reduce their risk of chronic illnesses by 2033 and a million by 2050. I believe that having a fit, healthy body in mind is the foundation to living an incredible life, and this is what little show will give you if you choose to listen and implement. Enjoy the episode and have a great day. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. Some of you might know him, Doug Evans, who is a serial health food entrepreneur who began sprouting over 25 years ago and has been advocating and educating people on the benefits of sprouts. Also, the author of the Sprout book, the founder of the Sprouting Company, which will have a fun little giveaway at the end of the podcast. So make sure you listen all the way through. Doug, how are you doing today? I am the best ever, Maxime. Thank you for having me. Yes, yeah, very excited for us to connect. We've got a, a friend in common that put us in contact, Mr. Mike Posner, um, and kind of got me hooked onto your, your your world of sprouts and kind of like made me re-dive into it a little bit more. So I'm excited to dive into like what you're up to and ultimately why you're so passionate about sprouts. Yeah, I mean, I have to say I've been sprouting for 30 years and... For 25 or so of those years, I always loved sprouts, but they were always like on the side of the plate or they were a garnish or they were something that if I saw them in a farmer's market, I would grab some. And it's only like when my world turned upside down and I ended up living in the middle of the Mojave Desert at Wonder Valley Hot Springs that I realized I was in a food desert and that if I wanted to eat, I needed to grow my own food because there's no health food stores. There's no crossroads or air one or whole foods, no farmer's markets. There's actually one restaurant in the entire town. And like, there's nothing on the menu that I could eat there. So I, you know, with that lens of wanting to be raw vegan Right. All of a sudden I was like, oh, I can sprout. And so I just started to grow a lot of sprouts. And in one cubic foot, I was growing these six jars and I was growing thousands of calories a day and I was living on sprouts. And I thought like, hey, this is too good to be true. So. I I called up Dr. Oz and I was like, Dr. Oz, what do you think about sprouts? Could someone live on sprouts? He's like, oh, sprouts are incredible. And then I called up Mark, Dr. Mark Hyman and Dr. Dean Ornish and Dr. Joel Furman and Dr. Joel Kahn and Dr. Alan Goldhammer and Dr. Josh Axe and all of these people, they loved sprouts. And I was like, why are you keeping it a secret? Like, why, yeah. why aren't you like shouting from the hills, sprouts? And like, they had their own practices. So someone, you know, Dr. Axe wrote the keto book and yeah. Dean Ornish reversing heart disease. And, you know, everyone had their own shtick and sprouts were just one sliver of it. And I felt that they were so powerful that they needed a voice And so I raised my hand and I said, I'll be the voice of these powerful foods. And I'm happy to tell you, you know, beyond being able to feed myself 
nutritious calories, like why, why I like them. Yeah. So you basically, you basically accepted, it was like, Hey, I'm going to become the sprout man and I'll just, I'll just yeah. be the representative for it. Yeah. I'll be the advocate. I'll be the evangelist and I will, you know, I'll be their voice because they don't have a voice. And if you think about any food that's well, well known in America has a voice, right? Yeah. And usually it's a voice that's geared towards, um, profit and advertising and marketing and artificial colors and flavors and synthetic sweeteners. And these are the things that are propagating, you know, people's consciousness, like the, the Burger King commercial, aren't you hungry? Right. Or the potato chips, you can't eat just one. So, there's such asymmetrical dissemination of information that it's really hard for a normal person to know what's right, what to eat, etc. So if you're competing against fast food, processed food, refined food, sprouts don't have a chance, which is why no one was thinking about sprouts except for a few hippies and some farmers markets, etc. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, like, I, I was one of the questions I was going to ask you is what came first? Was it veganism or sprouts? But from the sounds of it, it sounds like veganism kind of came first and then sprouts came about. So it, it well, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've been raw vegan 25 years. I've been sprouting for 30 years. But when okay. I, when I started to sprout, it was just because I was attracted to the idea of this living food. Um, the chlorophyll rich, but I, I was still eating, you know, burgers and pizza and fish and junk food, but I would eat sprouts as well. It was only 25 years ago that I shifted into veganism for health. Um, and that was 25 years ago, but now it's, you know, sprouts are an important part of my veganism because, but I'll also eat, I eat a lot of fruit and I eat seaweed as well, but that's the, the, the tenets of my diet. Yeah. What, what was that shift for you that made it so that you went from eating burgers and processed food and sprouts to just being like, I'm going to go vegan and sprouts. You mentioned it was like a health component to it, but yeah. what was it that triggered of like, I'm doing I'm eating this really healthy food that's alive and I'm eating this food that's dead and processed. Now I need to kind of shift things around and go fully on that side. What was that, that moment for you? Yeah. I mean, the eating the sprouts back then was something that I knew it was good for me, but I didn't even think it was incomprehensible to be on just all good food. Like it wasn't even an option. Like in my food addictive days, it, like I needed to eat, you know, like four slices of pizza, you know, or two burgers or like lamb chops and, you know, like some side of something else, shrimp cocktail. And I had all these, you know, um, thoughts that if I didn't eat these things, I'd become emaciated, you know, and, and die. And then what happened was I had my first encounter to lifestyle 
chronic illnesses. My aunt developed type two diabetes and her feet swelled up like elephant trunks. And then they chopped off her feet below her ankles and then she died. And then my uncle died of heart disease and my mother died of stomach cancer and my father died of heart disease. And my brother became overweight, obese, diabetic, um, and then had the first of three strokes and two heart attacks. And Uh so I thought like we were genetically cursed. And then I met my first vegan and she told me that it wasn't that it wasn't genetics, that this was diet and lifestyle and that I was living a carcinogenic heart disease laden lifestyle, but I could change. And if I changed my diet, I could change my genes and I could change my destiny. And so in a two week period, I went cold cucumber. I gave up eating cooked food, processed food, refined food, all meat, dairy, animal products. And I started eating fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, seaweeds, and sprouts. And that was 25 years ago. And it was like this incredible epiphany, this awakening of like, holy cow, this is, this is real. Like you can be living on water-based plants and feel good. And what happens is that you feel so good when you're doing that. You feel so high that you have to know what to do with this energy so that you don't just like spiral out of control. <laughs> and, and that took a little while for me to get used to having this superpower energy like a nuclear reactor with these trillion cells all operating in flow. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it makes me laugh because I I did I went raw vegan for an extended period of time while I was living in Canada. I did a drink winter, which was a terrible thing to do. And you you mentioned from New York, so I don't yeah. know if you went raw vegan during the winter, but I was <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> I was looking for some some warmth a little bit at the time. Yeah, but yeah, the amount of energy that you have, it it became uncomfortable to have that much energy and not not know what to do with it. So I know there's a lot of people that when they transition, just to eating whole food plant-based, not necessarily raw vegan, but just cleaning up kind of the nutrition, they experience that energy. What, how did you manage that? How, like, how much time and kind of what did you do to manage that energy? Because a lot of people will self-sabotage because they don't know what to do with it and they'll just revert back to their old ways. Yeah, I mean, for me, I had a lot to do with the energy because... Um, the first kind of major thing that received the benefit of that energy was my partner and I started a business in New York City to make this lifestyle accessible. So we started a company called Organic Avenue in my loft in Chinatown, and we started uh-huh. preparing food made with all raw plants. And we were very strict. And we were making juices and salads and entrees and snacks. And we were just using everything was made with raw fruits and vegetables. And that business was really hard. Like we were making, 
we were making items that had a, you know, one to four day shelf life. We were making them every day. We were receiving pallets of produce on the street and carrying up to the second floor loft, right? And then we were carrying the stuff down and we're making deliveries and we're running this operation 24 hours a day, seven days a week, someone was working. So I had all yeah. this energy, but I was pouring it into establishing this flywheel. And the, the initial um, idea of creating the business was that we could have higher quality, more diverse raw foods. What do you feel that makes eating sprouts so beneficial besides the fact that it's like alive? So normally, if you're eating a piece of fruit or a vegetable, it's cut away from its mothership, right? So if you're eating like microgreens or vegetables, it's cut away from the root structure. If you're eating a piece of fruit, it's cut away from the, the, the branches and the trunks and the trees and the roots. When you're eating sprouts, you're eating a complete living organism. The root, the shoot, the endosperm, the embryo, like it's all there and it is alive. It's growing. So it has these highly metabolically active cells that are actively growing. And because it's so small and it's so condensed, everything is concentrated. So as a plant gets bigger, it's getting more fiber, it's getting more water, but a lot of the concentrated nutrients are finite. And as yeah. the plant is getting bigger, they're getting diluted. So when you're eating this sprout, it's a powerhouse that like, for example, the sulforaphane potential, the glucoraphanin yeah. is the most in the sprouts. So the sprouts can have 20 to 100 times the, the concentration of mature broccoli or mature cruciferous vegetables. So now like that I'm clued into that, right? I'm, I'm able to see and, and I'm desiring. And I think this is like our innate desire as human beings is to want the best, right? Yeah. Like no one goes out, like if money was no object, no one goes out and picks the worst, right? Yeah. People are buying the best that they can afford in any category. Yeah. So it turns out like sprouts to me are the best in any category of the highest nutrient, nutrient dense um, foods on the planet that are worthy for my consumption. So in the old days, like I would want to have like the best wine or the best Remy Martin or the, you know, the Cristal Champagne, you know, or the caviar and like all that now, like is, is junk and irrelevant to me. What I want is like the freshest fruit, the freshest vegetables and the, the freshest sprouts. So that's how my life evolved to reestablishing what my priorities are. Yeah. 
So how, how much sprouts are you eating per day? Do you know? I'm probably eating um, at least a jar to a jar and a half of sprouts every day. So that could be like in our jar is about 60 ounces, right? So it's a 60 yeah. ounce. So it's probably 10 to 12 cups, like handfuls of sprouts. But, you know, you put them in a salad and you add some dressing, you know, they, they, they condense. Yeah. Um, and it's all like water-based and fiber with nutrients. So the, the interesting thing is you can't overeat sprouts. And you're, I'm so tuned in with the communication with the sprouts that I, I know not to undereat or overeat. So I'm very much kind of tuned in to eating until I'm no longer hungry, but well before I'm full. But yeah. I won't, like, I'll know, obviously, if I just eat a few sprouts, I'm still going to be hungry. But yeah. I, I can't overeat the sprouts because I don't do also, I'm a no SOS guy. So no salt, oil, or sugar. So I'm eating the sprouts plain, right? So plain. And so if I'm hungry, I will eat them. But when I'm nutritionally satiated, like it's very easy to be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like, no, yeah. like I don't know anyone who's overeating sprouts when they're not hungry. Right. So it's, it's, there, there becomes this simpatico with the sprouts that you eat them when you're hungry and you stop eating when you are nutritionally um, satiated. Yeah, I feel like your body, you would know, right? After you're done, you're like, I'm, I'm full. I don't feel disgustingly full. I, I think it would be pretty hard to get to a place where you're disgustingly full on sprouts. Your body would just kind of cap you a little bit before you go there. So you mentioned you eat like a jar and a half or so. So is that kind of the jars that you guys sent me for your kit? Yeah, yeah, the, this this one. Oh, okay, Which okay. is, by the way, it's substantially bigger, you know, than a normal mason jar, right? So this yeah, is yeah. 32 ounces. This is 60 ounces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to put it in perspective for people that are listening because traditionally, why is it traditionally? A lot of people, when they eat sprouts, they'll just sprinkle a little bit of it on top of their avocado toast. They'll put a little bit of it on top of their salad. And that's pretty much going to be the end of it. Um, what are, what are some of your favorite ways to consume the sprouts? Obviously I know that you're, you're, you're able to eat it with a handful um, but I'm sure some people that want to kind of their ease their way into it are not there yet. So what are great ways to kind of incorporate into dishes? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, um, think of sprouts as vegetables and think of them not as something you add to a salad, but you add, make the salad out of sprouts. So the easiest way to consume the most amounts of sprouts is by using sprouts as the base of the salad. Like I okay. can already see right now, Maxim, I can already see like in, a, in our lifetimes, you're going to go into like a sweet greens or a salad bar and they're going to say, oh, do you want the romaine or the mixed greens? Or they're going to say, do you want sprouts? 
And what kind of sprouts? Alfalfa, broccoli, radish, clover, lentils. And all of a sudden you can formulate this sprout salad and then add a dressing, add a topping, you know, add some other accoutrements. Okay. So that's like salad, Buddha bowls. I used to throw them in my smoothies before as well. I thought it was another good way. What are your thoughts on throwing it into like a stew or something that is heated? Would that be counterproductive to putting into something that's a little bit more warm because it would kind of kill some of the enzymes? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're adding them to something that's been cooked, but that's not actively boiling and the, the temperature is fine, like the sprouts are pretty hearty. You just okay. don't want to cook them per se. So adding sprouts to a soup or adding them to something else that's cooked, as long as you're not cooking the sprouts, they actually add a nice texture and flavor and nutritionally boost to what you're eating. Okay. So like not cooking it in the stir fry, but waiting after the stir fry is done and putting it a bunch of it on top, basically. Exactly. Okay. And so what are your, what are your like top go-to sprouts that you always have in your, in your house? I'm curious to see what your sprout setup is. It must be something pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I can, we, I'm actually in my, in my office now. So, um, but we, I could take you and show you, but basically I've got at least at any given time, six, you know, sprouting jars, um, you know, going off. And my go-tos are broccoli sprouts. And I just, you know, they're the most well-researched sprouts and they're tasty and they're crunchy and they're nutritious. So I'm always eating broccoli sprouts. I like alfalfa sprouts predominantly for the crunch. Like they, okay. they've got a great light crunch to them. I like lentil sprouts because they have a nutty texture and a nutty flavor and they're very filling. So I'm generally combining some of the garden varieties. So the alfalfa, radish, clover, broccoli on one side, and then the protein sprouts, which garbanzo beans, lentils, green peas, those are very like hearty and very filling. So I'm not, you know, my diet and I use a chronometer occasionally, yeah. like I have the app, I'm not in it all the time, but my diet is probably 80 to 90% carbohydrates and five to 10% protein and five to 10% fat. And so I'm very much onto um, sprouts and fruit for most of my diet. And, you know, at, there was a time when I was raw foodist, when I was eating a lot of fat, a lot of coconut, a lot of olives, a lot of olive oils, a lot of coconut oils, and nuts. And now I've really given that up. And it's just taken me to another kind of level of like lightness. Yeah, it takes so long to digest, especially when you're consuming that much carbohydrates in combination with it. It's just, it just makes you feel lethargic a little bit. And when you cut out come those those heavy fats, even though there would be considered healthy fats compared to like, you know, really canola oil, for example, you would, yeah, definitely your energy would go up in that. Um, you, you had mentioned that broccoli was the one that's the most studied. I, I yes. first heard of it when my 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 late partner was going through her her breast cancer journey through uh, Found My Fitness. I think Dr. Rhonda yeah, Patrick. Yeah, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Yep. 
Yeah. So she had mentioned about sulforaphane and how beneficial it was to kind of fight off cancer. Do you mind kind of like diving into that a little bit for the people listening that know about sprouts, but I don't know about like the extent of the benefits that come with it? Yeah. So I'm just going to back up one second and then I'll step on the gas and go forward. Okay. So the way I look at sprouts is three things. Number one, they are food, right? So sprouts are food. Number two, sprouts are vitamins and minerals. So every single sprout contains every amino acid to form complete protein, right? Sprouts contain all vitamins, vitamin A, B, Cs, etc. They also contain thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of phytonutrients and sprouts are prebiotic and they contain antioxidants, which are um, visible through the colors. So the dark, like a dark lentil sprout will have anthocyanidin. The green sprouts will have chlorophyll in them. The orange will be the beta carotene, the beta carotene and the carotenoids. So there's there's a lot of magic that's happening in the sprouts, but that's on a that's on a vitamin and mineral level. The third, which is you know what you're talking about, is sprouts as medicine. So there's now thousands of peer-reviewed published papers in the top medical journals about the medicinal properties of sprouts, and in particular, broccoli sprouts. So broccoli sprouts are in the cruciferous vegetable family. And it was well known that cruciferous vegetables had these cancer preventive properties. And it turns out there's a series of compounds um, within the cruciferous family that are isothiocyanates. And in particular, they're glucosinolates that are within the isothiocyanates. And there's one that exists within broccoli called glucoraphanin. And glucoraphanin is the precursor to sulforaphane. And when the glucoraphanin meets with an enzyme called myrosinase, it's like um, epoxy merging together, it forms sulforaphane. And sulforaphane is very fast acting and the, the effects and the benefits can last in the body for days. And some of the tests that they've done for sulforaphane is this um, chemoprotective properties, these cancer preventive properties, but also the um, sulforaphane has been tested to create heat shock proteins in the brain to help lessen or reduce symptoms of autism. The broccoli sprouts and the sulforaphane have been used to detoxify benzene and air pollutants from the lungs. So this isn't just firefighters who are exposed to um, fires. This is anyone who smoked a combustible cigarette, you know, over yeah. time. Someone who lives in a in a, a concentrated urban environment where there's a lot of exhaust pollution and air pollutants, that there's these chemicals within the broccoli sprouts that sulforaphane um, is able to act on to, to remove. Sprouts are also um, very powerful in helping to regulate insulin levels in diabetics. Um, so sprouts also have the, the properties 
for helping with um, heart disease. So there's all like heart health, cardiovascular yeah. health. So there's this whole like stackable part. And the, the reason why this isn't plastered on the front of every media you know, organization is because the broccoli sprouts and the sulforaphane is very fast acting. So there's some people that are making sulforaphane supplements, yeah, but in no way, shape or form are they as affordable or as potent of eating the sprouts yourself. And like, that's the, you know, the, the magic of, of sprouts is that everyone can grow and eat their own sprouts very fast, very affordable and very fresh. You're actually able to eat fresh. Yeah. And then isn't it as well that if you freeze broccoli sprout, it increases the amount of sulforaphane in, in the sprouts? It doesn't technically increase them. What happens is in terms of the bioavailability of it, if you inhale your food and you're not properly masticating them, you're not getting the optimum breaking down of the cellular structure to allow the glucoraphanin to meet with the myrosinase. So okay. if you freeze them, the process of freezing and thawing them out causes all of the cell walls to open and causes the, the activation of the sulforaphane. So the, the amount of there is the same in finite. There's yeah. other things that you could do alternatively to freezing is that it's really interesting that our guts, right? Our stomachs themselves have myrosinase as an enzyme. Turns out mustard seed or mustard seed powder also has myrosinase enzyme. So okay. you can add those to help boost and extract the sulforaphane potential from the broccoli sprouts. So there's things that you could do. But if you just make sure that you chew, right? And I was doing this with Mike the other day where I was having him chew 50 times till he was breaking it down. And he said in order for him to properly masticate and break down the broccoli sprouts, he had to chew more like 75 to 100 times to properly break them down. But most people are just inhaling. Like they're not present with the food. They're just inhaling. Yeah, yeah. So it, it would basically technically increase the bioavailability of it if you were to like freeze it or combine it with mustard seed, basically sprouts. Correct. But then yeah. you're then you're eating something that's a little gnarly. Like you, you no yeah, one yeah. is going to like enthusiastically eat frozen and thawed out broccoli sprouts. Yeah, you know, they get so all you have mushy. To throw them in a smoothie <laughs> or or something. Yeah, yeah. They get all mushy. That's what we would do. We'd throw it in a smoothie before. Um, so for, for, for people that are maybe like newer to sprouting or that, um, know a little bit of it, but just kind of like are hearing this podcast and want to get back into it. What would you say are a, is it's a, bit of a weird thing to say, but a minimum amount of sprouts that people should consume per day? Um, like if they were to just aim for something that would be good for them, what would that kind of ratio that amount be? Well, us dietary guidelines recommend seven to 13 servings 
of fruits and vegetables every day. Yeah. So for me, a serving is about like a fistful. Yeah. And I would think that two servings of sprouts, right? So two little fistfuls um, would be a great place to start. Okay. And what are some of the, like if people had to pick between three sprouts that you should always have in their house, what are some of the three that you would recommend? I would say broccoli sprouts, um, good for them on the medicinal level. Alfalfa sprouts, because they're easy to give away for other people to eat. The flavor is very mild. And then I would say any of the protein sprouts, whether they're garbanzo beans, green peas, or lentils, because they've got some calories into them and they've got some nutritional density to them. And for me, I've replaced the consumption of protein powders with um, eating more of the protein forward sprouts. What well, just, just out of curiosity, I don't know if you know it on top of your head, because you mentioned you use chronometer, like how many grams of protein would you get for like 100 calories on like a garbanzo bean on a lentil? One cup of garbanzo beans is about 20 grams of protein. Sprouted or just not sprouted? Sprouted. Yeah, I only know sprouted. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's pretty good. That's really, that's basically a scoop of protein. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and along with the protein, you're getting the soluble, the insoluble fiber, the antioxidants, you're getting the prebiotic, you're getting this chlorophyll, whole food. everything. Yeah, I think when I when I went hiking with Mike, he told me, he's like, I got to connect you with Doug. And he's like, Doug got in crazy shape lately. Um, so I guess that was your trick to get your more protein in. It was to kind of focus on these higher protein sprouts. And also I got rid of the fat, right? So okay. I did two things. I got all these muscular and performance gains. And, yeah. you know, it's easy, right? And I know you're a trainer and you're getting people. Anyone can suck their gut in. You can't suck the side in, right? Yeah. Like you can't suck the side in. And so for me, just shifting away from fat to shifting away to more whole living foods, like yeah. I just let things settle. So I only, you know, I'll use the chronometer just so I can have a baseline for conversations for this. But yeah. the, the net result is how do I feel? Like, do I feel that I could go burst out, you know, 50 knuckle push-ups? You know, can I do, you know, can I do my, can I go sprint, you know, for, you know, out in the field? Like, how's my energy? Am I jumping out of bed, right? Yeah. Most people use their alarm clock uh, to wake up in the morning, right? And they're snoozing. Like, I'm setting my alarm to go to bed at night because otherwise, like, I would just keep going and going. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to talk about your energy, but just one last question about the the, the properties of, of sprouts. Would you say that broccoli sprout would be the most medicinal rich sprout? I would just because it's the most studied. So that might be the only one now. But would you know of any other ones? I mean, like cress has okay. a lot of, you know, research to it. It's much harder to sprout because it's gelatinous. So yeah. You can't do it in a jar. Um, I think that all of the sprouts have these unique properties that will be revealed to us in our lifetime, 
but will require funding and research and the like. And so they don't know. But typically, it's, it's so interesting. People will talk about the plant defense mechanisms. The plants don't want you to eat them. And oh, I'm yeah. like, there's this no. guy on Instagram, right? That talks about that all the time. What's it? Yeah, Paul? Is it all the, Paul all the carnivores do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my response is that the plant defense mechanisms are to defend against like predators, like insects and caterpillars, etc. Like they're not defending against us. As a matter of fact, the plant defense mechanisms are what create the hermetic effect in humans when we eat them, which actually begins the healing process for us. Yeah. So is that what you notice for you? Because I know you mentioned that when you kind of transition from having a little bit of sprouts and eating the typical Western diet to now being a raw vegan and eating a bunch of sprouts, energy was one of those things. But what are some of the other things that you've, you've noticed? Well, I, I think what, what Mike was pointing out, like my ability to get shredded, like to get the gains, like that was really, you know, I had been carrying around this baby fat for 40 years. Yeah. And then, you know, I, we, we went to DWD last year and I wrote yeah. down like one of my top one year goals was to get shredded. And, you know, I just did body weight exercises. You know, I started off like doing 20 push ups a day then got yeah. up to a hundred and I was doing four sets of 25. And then I just broke through and I went to 30, a set, 40, 50 um, per set, then multiple sets. And I got up to hundreds of pushups a day and then pull-ups and then my running. So I was doing the body weight workouts coupled with, you know, three to three to two to five miles of running you know, several times a week and then super clean, you know, on the sprout based diet. And then one day, like I took off my shirt. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> what happened right? here? And not like, not, you know, not like bodybuilder, not like six pack, but just like shedding all of my, you know, baby fat and I'm 57. Right. So like, I didn't think I'd have, I'd be this way when I was 57. I feel like, almost as I was like this conversation, you know, makes me feel like I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And I just want for people to hear that and also mention for the people that, that don't know what DWD is, it's date with destiny with Tony Robbins, an event that he does at the end of every year to prep you for the next year. Um, it's great. It's a great event. All of Tony's events are, are, are great. I um, would love to talk about like how to sprout and what to sprout. Cause obviously there's a traditional, like, like you mentioned the like broccoli sprouts and all the, and, and lentils and garbanzo beans and all that. But what are some of the things that you can sprout and then how do you sprout them? Because I know you mentioned like crust would be a different process than the one for broccoli, for yeah. example. So, you know, without sound like I'm plugging my own book, right? I wrote the book, the sprout book, you know, for that reason, there's a lot of detail in there. Um, I also did a, a sprouting masterclass with Commune and it's available for free. So you could sign up and get a five day access to Commune's, um, you know, sprouting class where I go through all the details and the nuance. And, you know, we created, you know, this simple, you know, sprouting kit 
because yeah. you know people want to know like how to sprout and want everything in one place. So there's the drip tray, the stand, you know, the jar, and the stainless steel filter. So anything that touches the sprouts, you know, is glass or stainless steel, and like that's available, you know, online, you know, forty nine ninety nine, and so. And then the seed. So you basically need like some sort of vessel. Like in my book, right, I said you can use, there's actually a whole chapter in the book called Junkyard Dog, where I was pulling things out of my recycling bin and, you know, sterilizing them and using like old saucing, uh, sauce jars with a rubber band and cheesecloth that these seeds want to sprout. So, yeah. but now that like I'm deeper into it, like five years on this professional sprout journey, um, you know, I start to, you know, curate and source my own seeds and the criteria for the seeds now it's a high bar, right? So, you know, one, I want to be um, certified organic or a minimum of certified lab verified glyphosate free. So Roundup. Yeah residue free. So there's nothing on there. And then you want to test for high germination rates. So your, your seeds actually sprout. They don't just, you know, absorb water. And then, you know, it's just an, another area of added protection is tested for pathogens, right? So batch testing where they'll take a batch, they'll go through the sprout process. They'll take the extra water, They'll run the lab and make sure that everything is clean. So every um, every batch of seeds, you know, will go through a germination test, a, a pathogen test, et cetera, and also, you know, testing for glyphosate. And then another thing that I'm working on, you know, that's probably two weeks away. So by the time this thing drops is if people are really interested in the sulforaphane, that I have the highest commercially available sulforaphane um, seeds that have never been sold in the market that we've verified, you know, at the lab that these on average or double the glucoraphanin levels of seeds bought, you know, in the market, if you bought them online or on Amazon. So, so there's a lot of fun stuff, you know, that there, but basically, you know, in, you go to India or you go to Colombia or Mexico, you can find, you know, sprouts anywhere and people are using seeds. The goal is you want to get the freshest seeds um, that you can buy and you want ones that are, um, you know, tested. Yeah. So, so talking about those seeds, is that going to be, is that going to be a broccoli sprout, like broccoli sprout seeds yeah, that have yeah. more sulforaphane? Okay. I thought it would be yeah, like right something now, else. Right now, the sprouting company has organic uh, broccoli seeds. Yeah. And then, you know, on top of it, there'll be a specialty exclusive item of high glucoraphanin seeds. So like I went through and I pulled all these strings and I got the seeds that would have previously been directed to the pharmaceutical-like companies that were used to make supplements. And mm. I got, a, you know, some of those, you know, that we could package and make available 
because there's ne- there's never been demand for it before, right? Yeah. So what's happening since I put on my sprout evangelical, you know, um, uniform, now people are saying, hey, if I want to do this, I want the highest amount of sulforaphane. Like I want to, I want to want really, the best. I want the best. I want the best. Like the beginning of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want to talk about the sprouting company, but just uh, last question before we dive into that, like what, what do you wish people knew about sprouts and about sprouting that people don't, or that you never get asked? I think the biggest thing is that when you're, when you're talking about sprouts, they are, they've been around since the beginning of time. Right. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't know a lot about sprouts and like, well, it doesn't really matter. You know that the beginning of the cycle of life, that all seeds germinate, right? And they germinate and they sprout. It, it was just the aperture from my perspective of where I was living now in my, in my heart and in my physical life that I got this view that sprouts were food, Yeah. right? So it, it, if I wasn't like, living in a food desert and I wasn't raw vegan, I would have been like the other 300 million people living in the United States that aren't thinking about sprouts. But sprouts became a solution for a problem that I didn't have before. But when I had that problem, I could then look at analogs and see that, you know, throughout the United States, like Whole Foods has 550 stores, right? Yeah. The 550 stores are maybe, you know, servicing a population of a few million people, right? So most of the country doesn't have access to Whole Foods or health food stores or farmers markets or co-ops. So, you know, what do we do? Just relegate those people to eat um, fast food and processed food? I mean, that's where the magic of sprouting comes in. It's so affordable. You could buy your seeds, add your water, and get a fresh harvest of sprouts every single day. Like yeah. that's, you know, that to me is magic. And most people never even never even thought of the potential of that of, of that possibility. Yeah. Well, let, let's dive into your, your new your new venture, the sprouting company. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. And then I want to go into like how the tool functions and how can people store the, the, the sprouts that they're making from it if they want to continue making more. But like, just tell us a little bit more about that that venture. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that venture was, you know, somewhat inspired by, you know, my desire to share this kind of gift with the world. And then, you know, while I was writing the book and while I was eating sprouts, you know, like... Um, our friend Mike Posner, you know, probably turned hundreds of people on to sprouting. And yeah. he was always like frustrated with saying, okay, well, you, you buy the mason jar and then you'll get these lids and then you can use this iPad stand or dish rack, yeah. you know, a bowl. And it was like hodgepodging things together that weren't aesthetically designed. And that also the the main you know, apparatus, like the mason jar was designed for canning, not for sprouting. So the main device that's been used for sprouting for the last 300 years actually was designed for something else. And the shape of the jar 
collects water, the filters and the screens, you know, although they're functional, whether they be cheesecloth or the plastic or metal window screen that they have, you know, can collect biofilm and doesn't strain very well. So, you know, for one was just a practice of saying, you know, form follows function. You know, if you're storing things, that's one thing. But if your desire is to sprout, you know, what did I learn out of the millions of sprouts that I've grown in my life? And I said, what could I fix? And as you know, whatever the human mind can conceive and believe it can achieve, right? So I believe that we could create a better sprouting setup that would also be larger, right? So the average sprouting setup is 32 ounces. And I went to 60 ounces because I wanted to have more sprouts available so someone could eat. Yeah, that's beautiful. I didn't know that it stemmed from like kind of the initial like Mike kind of converting some people, but you're right. It is pretty clunky to make sprouts before because you have to buy a little filter. You are using a dish rack um, and the, the basically the container is not is not built for it. So um, I know on the website you have broccoli sprouts and I believe you have another kit. Is it lentil sprouts? Uh, well, lentil? Basically, you, we you can get the the sprouting hardware right? Yeah. The jar, the stand, the filter um, by itself. And then we have 10 different types of seeds, salad mixes, lentils, green peas, alfalfa, clover, radish, broccoli. So you, we have a lot of options. We put some into a kit so that someone could hit the ground running and get their start. But basically yeah. you have a lot of options um, with, the sprout, with, with the sprouting company. Oh, beautiful. Well, here, here's what I'm going to do for, for the people listening. Cause I obviously I have my kit and I'm waiting, uh, next week is my week of vacation. I'm going to film a nice little video of me setting it up and kind of setting up my broccoli sprouts, but I would love to, I, I'm going to buy a sprouting kit, um, with the bag of broccoli, that little kit that you have, and I'm going to buy yeah. one of your books as well. And I'm going to give those away on Instagram. So when you guys are listening to this, head over to my Instagram. It's going to be a post where you have to follow Doug and I. There's going to be a few instructions on there. Um, and then we'll pick the winner. I'll leave it open for seven days because I know it takes time for people to kind of listen to the podcast. But this will be an opportunity to get your, your jump start um, on sprouting in 2024. It sounds amazing. I mean, what a generous, thoughtful, you know, human being you are, Maxim. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm on this mission, right? To help. My goal is to help 10,000 people get lean, thrive, and disease-proof their body on plants by 2033 and a million by 2050. And so that's why I'm surrounded by amazing people like you, like Mike, like Tony, to, to make those goals happen. Well, I think you're doing it. Like you are, you are doing it. And you know, I look at your Instagram when Mike introduced us, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And you really inspired Mike, right? Because when Mike saw me. I wasn't like the best, you know, example, you know, of physical fitness. So the more he's like seeing people like you, you know, as to the potential of operating on plants, because there's so much irrational beliefs that people think they need, you know, yeah. all of these other micro and macro nutrients derived from animal products um, that they get, become insecure. And yeah. you know, one of the reasons like my goal was becoming fit was because I didn't want to just be cerebral, you know, writing about it. And I didn't want to point and say, hey, look at game changers and 
Look at yeah. Mike Posner. I want to be able to just drop and bang out 50 push-ups and feel, you know, photographable, um, you know, under any circumstances. Yeah. Leading by example, right? If you have all, if you have the cerebral and you have the body, it's a, it's game over. People are way more likely to listen. Yeah. I mean, in America, there's probably, you know, one out of every 20 people in America, adults are, are millionaires, right? It's crazy. Like one out of 20, but yeah. only one out of 20,000 have six packs. Yeah, it's it is. <laughs> it is. But it's 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 harder to make a million, I find, than getting a six pack, at least in my world, because <laughs> you know, I've been been in the fitness world for 18 years now. Um, well, yeah, well, I think I think now what you need to do is understand it's easy. Yeah, it really is easy. So yeah, just think about it, it's easy. And also know that you are nature's greatest miracle. You're super talented. And you know, if you've been focused on fitness, what would you need to do is focus on business, you know, as well and see how you can multiply your value, you know, a thousand fold and you will be able to manifest, you know, all aspects. You've manifested fitness, you've manifested your romance, and now you'll manifest and master your finances. Yes. Well, that's what 2024 is for. After I'm done my last Ironman race, I'm, <laughs> the focus is changing. I'm done with training this much. Um, but one thing is I'm excited for us to connect in person. Whenever you're in LA, we can get a workout in, get a run in, go trail running with Mike if you want to. Um, but Doug overall, man, I would say a massive thank you for jumping on the show. I really appreciate you. It's a pleasure connecting with you. I'm excited to connect in the future and I'm very excited for people to get to try the sprouting kits. So everyone get, I'll be doing the giveaway, but again, if you really want one, I'll put the link in the description below. If you're on YouTube or on the podcast platform, so you guys can go and, and check it out. It's honestly really awesome when I got it. And I had an opportunity to speak with the engineer on Instagram as well. That kind of helped to shape it because they followed me after and I chatted with them. Um, yeah, you guys did a really good job on the design and it does make it a lot simpler than the old school way of doing it. Yeah, look, we're, we're in 2024 and uh, coming up like, a, you know, in three days and we need to be focused on things that are sustainable solutions for all. And that's, yeah. You know, if I can end that the richest people I know are eating sprouts and some of the poorest people I know are eating sprouts and that level of food equality just makes me shine. It's just so exciting to me because the barriers are being, you know, removed yeah. for, um, for opportunities around nutrition. And like, that's my goal. Like, you know, I want to be able to, teach people how to sprout and how they can transform their lives. And I'm so glad, like, I really, you know, look at you as a genius in your role. And the fact that this message resonates with you is just so powerful. And I'm so grateful. And thank you for inviting me onto your platform. Yeah, of course. Well, again, I'm very excited to continue to have more impact with you. And um, again, big thank you for jumping on and massive thank you for everyone for listening. Again, be sure to check out Doug's link down below and get your own sprouting kit. And we will see you all in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to rate the podcast as it helps us grow and spread our message. And if you know this will help and resonate with someone, be sure to send it their way so that they can have the opportunity to level up their life as well.